0: Connections between France and North Africa have long been shaped by colonialism, nationalism, and economics. This intercultural relationship has also been mediated through the arts. In Muslim women in French cinema, voices of Maghrebi migrants in France, Leslie Kellefer Kemp examines one population who has often been left out of these cultural formations. Kemp focuses on the representation of first-generation Maghrebi women in France in documentaries, short films, feature films, and telefilms. Her analysis revolves around filmic textual analysis and the production, audience reception, and distribution of these art forms in contemporary French society. Kemp is attuned to filmic genre conventions, narrative structures, and formal techniques that media producers and artists use to both appeal to large mainstream audiences while challenging dominant stereotypes about Muslims. In our conversation, we discuss views of North Africans in French society, means for recovering voice in film, the role of religion in French cinema, the mediation of subjects in documentary films, the role of objects in voicing difference, expressing agency of women protagonists, the goals of dialogue and voiceover versus body language or nonverbal communication, and film's ability to challenge dominant stereotypes in France. I'm one of your co-hosts, Christian Peterson, and thanks again for listening to another episode of New Books in Islamic Studies. Without any further ado, here's my conversation with Leslie Kellefer-Kemp about Muslim Women in French Cinema, Voices of Maghrebi Migrants in France, published with Liverpool University Press in 2016. Welcome Leslie, thanks for joining us on New Books in Islamic Studies. How are you?
1: I'm good, thanks for having me.
0: So uh, this book, Muslim Women in French Cinema uh i really enjoyed it's a topic that i'm i'm certainly interested in and you do uh, a really expansive job in covering not only what we might kind of expect but um but all sorts of genres and and types of uh materials uh and i think it's a really uh wonderful resource for for folks that might be uh, interested in exploring this further um but before we get to the book uh, could you tell us a little bit about um how you got where you are? What, what brought you to cinema studies? What brought you to the study of Muslims in France? How how did you get where you are?
1: Sure. Well, I um, as an undergraduate, uh, I I studied French and political science, and I was always interested in uh, in immigration in France. Well, I guess always since I kind of discovered the diversity of France and I started looking at it from a political perspective, um, and I wanted to find ways of bridging my interests and so when I wanted to continue to go to graduate school I chose to go to Florida State University um, because they have a program there that's really open to uh, you know literary projects but also kind of cultural studies approaches and there's a Winthrop King Institute for French and Francophone studies there and uh, Alec Hargreaves was the director of the program at the time and he kind of wrote the book on (laughs) uh, immigration in France and um, so i you know, wanted to work with him. And when I arrived, I, a lot of my coursework was actually in literature. And, um, I, I came to film a little bit later, but, um, it was, you know, I, I think it, it really opened my eyes when I started looking, you know, uh, we also, you know, study oftentimes in the more classical, uh, approaches, the you know kind of 19th century literature, 20th century, these different, um, uh, different kind of, pr- um, more, you know approaches but um uh, as a young scholar kind of realizing there's a whole other you know coming into francophone studies as well so french and francophone studies and uh and thinking wow there's literature from the caribbean there's literature from north africa there's literature by north africans in france and um and then finding out of course too there's a whole body of, of cinema and the way I came to this particular uh, subject of Muslim women in French cinema and women from North Africa in particular is my very first semester at Florida State uh, in Alakarge's class. We read uh, a novel called Le Théorème d'Archimède, or Tea in the Harem, by an author uh, called Médie And he was one of the first, uh, I guess you would call someone from the second generation of children of, of Maghrebi immigrants in France to uh, become... a a well-known writer and uh, this was in the early 80s and in the the dedication of the book and so it's kind of to give just brief summary it talks about uh, it's the experiences of this uh, the protagonist who is of north african origin uh, and his friendship with a, a majority ethnic french Frenchmen uh, frenchman growing up in the outskirts of paris in kind of difficult neighborhood and this a lot of it was inspired by medi life and so anyway when I, I opened the book and i read the, the dedication and it said so to my my mother who doesn't know how to read and so i was just uh, i remember the moment thinking wow this is you know this is a part of the population of france i don't know uh, anything about and i was really touched by the the dis- the depiction of the mother um, Malika in this book, and Shereef actually, uh, his book was a success, and he was he made the the book into a film. So he was approached by Costa Gavras and. Um, and the film was very successful and kind of um, opened people's eyes, I think, also you know, to the presence uh, of this uh, this population in France. You know, there were other authors as well, but in, in cinema. and um, that's kind of where it started for me in terms of getting you know really interested and wanting to know more. And as I went through graduate school and was looking how might I shape my dissertation, um, I originally thought I would you know do something about you know this the first generation these the generation of the mothers in cinema and literature and when i started doing my field work and uh, went to france doing research i found a lot more films than i expected to find and so that uh, that basically is how the book came to be just about uh, about films. so um and and you know, every kind of step of the way, I started looking at feature films, and I thought, wow, there are, there are a lot of documentaries that are really interesting. Then there are a lot of short films that are also interesting, and and the made for television films or telefilm. Um, so that's how the book kind of became shaped.
0: Yeah, this is, that's that's uh, really interesting. I like that story how you you came across these kind of first generation um, immigrants. Could you tell us a little bit about um, North Africans in French society, and specifically? these first-generation Maghrebi women. Uh, what's some of the cultural background we might need to know to get into your project?
1: Sure. Um, so this particular group of women, um, for the most part, um, were the wives of economic migrants who came to France. So the men typically came in the, this was post-World War II, uh, you know, the, the 50s, 60s, uh, and the women tended to come in the 60s and 70s. There was a um, process called familial, or family recruitment and um uh you know the the men so something to know uh, so i guess in terms of the socioeconomic uh, status you know, people coming to france looking for work they did not intend to stay in france and um you know and it just kind of became uh the way it was people, you know, settled, they had jobs, they were often sending money back to, to the home country. Um, And then they had children and the children started going through school. And so it just became, and because of certain laws, it was more difficult to leave for immigration status reasons, uh, more difficult to leave uh, France after in the mid seventies and to kind of come back. So to make sure that they could stay in France and with their, uh, with the jobs um, they they became rooted in France and especially through the, through the children. And so um, a lot of, you know, the women um, first, for a lot of them, there may have been arranged marriages or uh, maybe they lived in uh, either uh, the films that I studied, you know, Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia. They may have been separated from their husbands for several years while the husbands were in France or would just come back to visit. And then eventually uh, the husbands brought them to France. And um, so many of the women didn't, didn't you know, speak they weren't educated um in a in a formal sense um they didn't speak french uh, the men had more contact with french society so in, in the workplace the children had more contact with french society in schools and so but the women some of them worked outside of the home some of them didn't um but they had a very different experience uh, for that reason and um you know that so i guess that's um and in, in a nutshell the, the what what I call uh, first generation women um from the from the Maghreb. Yeah.
0: Now your work uh I would say is a key work in the scholarship on uh, minority cinema in France. Um where would you place your book within this subfield if we could call it uh what what would you say are some of the the broader conceptual interventions you've sought to make with your book?
1: Um well I guess I am kind of seeking to fill a gap um, in the in looking at a generation of, of women. There, I mean, there are other studies about uh, men in the cinema. There are a lot of studies, uh, you know, works by Carrie Tarr, Will Higby, um, about the cinema produced by uh, and about uh, people of uh, Maghrebi origin. So, um, what maybe calls was. Can be called bur literature or bon Dieu cinema, and um, so I, I just kind of saw that there there were a lot of films that had been either overlooked or that people didn't know about, or roles within films um, that had, a lot has been done about you know the children of immigrants, um, their experiences, but but not about uh, about the parents' generation, and so that's kind of uh, you know what I sought to to fill, and and also. Um, you know, looking at an, an opportunity to uh, to take this subject and to, instead of going on kind of a thematic approach to take, uh, I, I divide the, the book by chapters that are uh, devoted to different types of films. So um, a chapter on documentaries, short films, the telefilm, and then the feature films. So trying to also, especially with the, the made-for-television films, to uh, t- to look at films that are not always readily available, but also but have the potential to really impact perceptions about, um, about Maghrebi women and the, the broader population, uh, Maghrebi population. And um, so that's, you know, there's, a, there are a lot of, there's a lot of exciting work uh, being done, um, but that, that was kind of my approach.
0: Yeah. And uh, the, the way you framed it uh, around uh, genre, I guess, uh, as opposed to themes, I think really did work well um, when we, when we get into uh, these, these examples. Um, one of the other, uh, kind of themes you set up in the beginning is this, this idea of voice and, uh, mm-hmm. you kind of alluded to this, but, uh, in the book, you point out that these first generation McGrevy women are often thought to be by the larger society or, or rendered in very particular ways, silent. Um, so mm-hmm. what, what does this idea of voice, uh, mean in your study and, and how do you get at it through your analysis?
1: Sure. So, yes, as you mentioned, then there's this perception that um, this first generation women, uh, kind of a silent generation, often th- th- that's kind of a label or, you know, submissive, um, uh, you know, don't communicate, don't branch out, don't get, you know, are very, um, are rooted in France. And so looking at the the, the idea of voice, not only uh, you we know, can consider it being types of you know, self-expression, but also how the perspectives are transmitted or communicated. And as I was looking at you know, a lot of different films, I realized that this is done in, in many different ways. So this is, you know, thinking about it very broadly in terms of like expressing one's the subject position that could be through you know, speech. What do they say? I could, you know, thinking about also in what language to whom are they speaking uh, body language, analyzing that, um, uh, in in documentaries, you know the editing process, how that shapes uh, or constrains um, the you know the voices of the women. You know what they have to say uh, is um, so. Looking at point of view, subjectivity, representation, uh, agency, and uh, <clears throat> you know thinking about just. It, you know, to what extent do the films challenge these, you know, existing perceptions um, that there's a disempowered, you know, generation of Muslim women. Um, and, um, and, and to think about how the, the, this, the film form itself, um, can be used to, uh, in different ways, um, you know, to, to do this. And, um, yeah, just to kind of bro- paint a much broader picture of, of Maghrebi women in France. The um, answers, <laughs> answers your question.
0: Yeah. Um, now, uh, since I'm situated uh, within religious studies and Islamic studies more uh, centrally, uh, this is kind of a question that uh, I'm going to take the liberty <laughs> to, to ask. But uh, sure. you, you, you talk about and you point to this in various ways, this kind of intersection of religion and French cinema. Uh, that is not always uh, very explicit or a topic that is of interest um so to to what extent is islam uh as a as a category uh raised in these films and what what would you say the inclusion or uh very often the absence of overt islamic references tell us since these are uh by all accounts muslim muslim women
1: mhm um that's a great question and i think so as you mentioned you mentioned the word absence and in a lot of for the most part i think there are very few films that in which uh, islam is raised explicitly with reference to first generation women um there are a few uh, there's a yamina ben yigi documentary called femme d'islam and that uh, and one of the one of one part of that focuses on uh, on France um, in the Teohem d'Archimée that I mentioned that I was first inspired by in that film, there's, uh, there's one, there's a scene of the mother praying. It's a very private moment. And actually I think that may be, that may encapsulate for a lot of the films um, the, the, this kind of absence or the, the uh, where the women don't necessarily talk about it because it is a very private thing. And um, so there are, you know, there are you know very very few examples uh, it's explicitly treated yet it often is in, in the background and sometimes um, it may be related to uh, relation it comes up in relationships between for example the parents and the children and, uh, and religion being part of something that the parents uh, connect with the, with their home country as well and with family and with part of kind of the you know the package that they associate with their home home country and, and not with France is that being a difference. Um, and so, uh, if, you know, you, have, you may have the, the, the parents, you know, practicing in certain ways or having certain, um, you know, traditions associated with Islam, whereas if, if the children are, uh, seem to be rebelling a little bit, it's, uh, that's maybe where some, some tensions, um, you know, certain expectations for, you know, young women, uh, marrying within re- the religion, something, something like that, that that could, um, I wouldn't say it's always conflictual, but it, that, that's another area where it can come up. Um, so oftentimes, yes, yeah, tradition transmission. Um, and, um, you know, so what, what is, does it tell us also that the absence, I think there is a, um, a lot of, Directors, I would say, are somewhat hesitant to to broach the topic. Maybe they also just have other things they they want to say or other things they. Um, so it's it's there, but not necessarily at the forefront in a lot of uh, in a lot of films. And um, I think also there's a desire, um, of course, without speaking too generally, but by by some uh, directors to not um, want to necessarily uh, portray. A difference uh with the main the uh the larger population in france and so to focus on you know sim the, the way people are similar what they share um and of course with you know integration religion those are big very big uh, topics and but in in part of it i think also is think about french culture there's the idea of, of laïcité, and uh, you know that that religion is uh, is kind of it's like a personal thing. So there's a big there's a debate, of course, on the headscarf that's been going on since you know the late '80s um, about what you uh, the public, I guess, side of religion versus the private. And so there's um, I think that is is part of it as well that there's a you know some people you know, hold the belief that it's a, it's religion is private, should be within the home. And so I think that's also, you know, probably uh, related as well.
0: Now, um, when you, when you start the book, you, uh, you get into documentary films first. Um, What are some of the formal patterns that you find in these films? Uh, How does things like uh, framing and the mediation of subjects affect how these films can be understood?
1: Uh, well, so when I was thinking about how to kind of structure the chapter, I was just noticing that uh in some of the films there were kind of very heavy-handed techniques that were used uh so you know to uh, convey a message, and that the women's voices I felt uh in, in analyzing these uh were being in some ways either changed or uh, overlooked or used as kind of a link in the chain to make a certain argument um, and so you know certain things taken either very brief interviews included amongst many others um, on, a, on a certain topic uh, or um, you know as compared to uh, other other types other approaches I guess um, so looking at not only you know what kinds of questions are being asked? Um, are who's doing the interviewing? What can what could affect the way in which the women and how maybe comfortable they are speaking? <clears throat> So uh, so all of these and how how does that you know, make an impact? Um, so I, I divide the chapter in, in these three groups. The first kind of heavy handed approach. The second uh, is uh, a much less heavy handed approach. And then the third, uh, it seems to be uh, so I talk about framing, like heavily framed in this first group, uh, not so much in the second. And then in the third, it gives. The impression that it's kind of this transparent process that the women's voices are just being shared, but in fact, looking more closely, uh, it's it's doctored isn't the right word, but they're uh, they're, they're it's uh, being framed in a, in a way that you wouldn't necessarily see uh, or, or realize Um You know, without looking more closely. So, and what was interesting to me is the more I I looked at, so I divided these into these three groups, but then there are always, uh, of course, going to be examples. Um, So maybe the most interesting of the groups to look at was the second one. So, um, and oftentimes, you know, the directors are thinking, These are women who are not used to, you know, speaking in front of cameras, talking about themselves. Oftentimes, you know, what language are we going to interview the person in? And so they're trying to to think about, uh, you know, there's no way that the women's voices could come through without any sort of influence. Of course, you know, the questions will be asked. There's certain topics that uh, that they will focus on. Um, But, you know, how... How did they approach uh, these interviews and these films um, with the women? And so th- I found some of really, really interesting ones, you know, kind of a minimalist approach. So oftentimes, for example, uh, filming the women in their homes, in their own homes, uh, oftentimes in the kitchen, because uh, that was where the women spent a lot of their time. That's where the discussions in the families happened. It was more intimate space, um, you- Some of the one director and actually she was uh, some of these people, the directors are interviewing their parents or their, their moms, some aren't, or um, maybe women that they they knew growing up. Um, But You know, one uh, woman I and and actually just to mention, I interviewed quite a few of the directors um, and the documentary uh, filmmakers, especially. So it was interesting for me to I can actually ask the questions like, how did you set this up? How, uh, when thinking about you know were the women's voices influenced, Um, how how did they represent themselves? How are the point of views coming across? And uh, one of the directors I spoke to was interviewing her mom, and uh, she she talked about actually how she arrived with a a film crew and it wasn't that big it was maybe three or four uh, different people which she was going to interview so she had someone doing sound and different as someone you know working the camera and she said she noticed that her mom wasn't speaking kind of normally or in the way that she expressing herself uh, in the same ways that she would when it was just mother and daughter and so she the director totally changed her approach and uh, in the filmmaking process and, and decided to speak to her, uh, you know, her mom could speak in, she spoke cabbilla. So she would speak to her daughter the way she normally would. And she would, then the daughter would add subtitles and she got rid of the crew basically. And, uh, and then she felt that this was a more authentic uh, rendering of her mom's, uh, her mom's experience. And then, so that's kind of one um, end of the spectrum and then you have other films like I talk about Yamina Bengi's Memo Mikhae, and uh and you know how she, you know, she uses she's you know one of the cases in the is the third group that I mentioned where um, it's it it is fairly uh, it seems a kind of minimalist in terms of uh, that there doesn't seem to be a lot of intervention from the, the filmmaker from the editing from others but it's actually quite involved uh, when you start thinking breaking down. Um, you know, uh, well, for example, uh, there are several different women in this film who are this part of the film who are interviewed and um, you just hear that you hear their voices and the, the cameras quite close up. Uh, so you see their faces um, and but then you notice that the the, the director's all the questions have been edited out. So you never actually hear the questions that were asked. And so, you know, that, you know, this conversation is being guided in a certain way, but you don't, but it, it gives the impression that that's not happening or that it's um, it makes you forget anyway, that, and, and you get the impression that, that you're hearing directly from the women. Um, and so that th- those are kind of some things, uh, that hopefully gives just kind of a little bit of an overview of some of the different you know techniques, different framing, whether this is in you know pre-production, um, during the filming itself, or in post-production. And um, and speaking with the directors, I could kind of some of them I could get a feel for. Uh, did you ask specific questions? Did you uh, ask certain, just about certain time periods? Um, and all, something else to mention was, was anyone else present? Um, sometimes the, the directors would ask, you know, if they were friends with the women's children for example, to have the children present so that they could kind of talk to each other and the filmmaker could step back. And all of these, um, these different approaches had, um, had an impact on what the women, uh, what the women said. Mm.
0: Now, you also look at a, a set of, of short films, uh, which uh, is interesting in the sense that maybe not as many people uh, get to, to view these films also. Um, but uh, I, I really like the way you uh, kind of tackle these short films uh, through the role of objects. Um, so could you talk about what kind of objects do we find in these films? Um, and how do they give expression to uh, first generation McGrevy women?
1: Sure. Um, Something I noticed when I was uh, viewing the short films, and as you mentioned, some of these are, they're not readily available, unfortunately, although with the time, um, as time goes on, I'm finding some are, are coming out on, on DVD, for example. Um, Some of these, I had to go to France to see them. Others, I could find DVDs or even now, you know, some of the films date back uh, into the 90s uh, early 90s for example, and uh, the filmmakers since then have gone on to to make feature films. and when those films come out sometimes the, the DVD contains a short film as part of a bonus. So so I'm happy to see that a few of the films, even since this was published have become available um, on, on DVD. Uh, but to, so when I was looking at these films, I noticed, this was the first time, really, I worked in depth on on short films, and just noticed that there were certain objects, and not at all the same objects, that were coming uh, you know, had a, a significant place in these films, and that they had a big impact on the narrative and on on the way the women's experiences uh, were being transmitted. And this was. As di- you know, diverse objects from uh, a play script, uh, a ball of yarn, a letter. Um, some of the, the uh, I talk about some of the objects, you know, letters uh, or written documents that in the film, uh, in the films, you know, will bring people together for various reasons, but also can uh, can hinder uh, ex- expression or communication because, uh, the, you know, for example, the women uh, don't. S- if they don't uh, read French, uh, they, then they need to ask someone for help. And so that's, that can kind of bring people together. Uh, there's an there's an example of a short film uh, called, called Un Dimanche Matin à Marseille-Béranger. So um, uh, Sunday Morning in Marseille, Béranger is the name of the, one of the characters. And in this, this four, only four-minute film by Mario Fanfani, um, the first-generation woman receives a letter and she uh, is illiterate. She can't. So she needs help. And uh, she takes it to her neighbor. And usually it's the woman of the house who will help her read the letter and presumably write uh, to respond to it. But it's the, it's the neighbor's husband who is there. And he's uh, not very understanding. He's, you can tell he's a little, uh, he, he doesn't want to help her, um, doesn't think much of her and the the first generation woman you know says no, i don't won't bother you i'll come back when your wife is here she comes back later comes for help and uh, and yet again and is uh, anxious wants to know what's in the letter and, and we learned through the eyes of this neighbor um who, who he sees a whole new side of this woman when he realizes the the letter is from the uh, the woman's son who's in prison and he's not doing so well health wise and so his the neighbor's whole perspective of this McGhrebi woman shifts and changes when he starts actually communicating with her and it was this letter that brought them together and um, so that's that's one example um, another object there is a really great film uh, filmmaker uh, called fishria deliba and she's actually an actress as well and her She's on the cover of the book, Fécheria d'Alibas. <laughs> so she plays, uh, there's a, a feature film called Inchelle Dimanche, and she plays the lead role in that. But she made a short film um, called Le Petit Chaibot, uh, The Little Cat is Dead. And uh, there's in, within this film, it's a dialogue between the mother and the daughter. And uh, they're reading the daughter asks the mother for help uh, practicing her role in a Molière play. And the mother is is uh, can read French, and so there's kind of a repartee and some misunderstandings that arise uh, in reading this uh, reading this text, where there's a young uh, about relationships, and uh, there's kind of the a, a bigger um, message about the daughter and what she's doing outside of the home. And um, this, so anyway, this communication comes about and our understanding uh better understanding of the the two ge- generations their differences in this context in france uh through reading a, a Molière play and so this classic french literature also you know 17th century brings up the, the the question you know about the french language and who's speaking the french language and how and what with it you know then certain accents and how um you know the language is such a central part of french identity and um so using that in the film to, uh, and also to transmit, I think one of the very unique things about this film also is there's some humor. Um, uh, there's some, you know, some of the misunderstandings lead to the mother laughing and this is a very joyous film actually as well. And, and it kind of counters sometimes some, there are other films that um, where either the women aren't kind of in the you know, center of the film, but they're also you know portrayed as, um, holding their daughters back, or is being stuck to tradition, or you know, not necessarily the most positive views. So I think that um, you know it's an interesting film for that reason. And and the filmmaker actually just um, that was she she so Vishri Deliba had gone on really with her acting career um, after the film, even the film itself received a lot of um, awards. Uh, and but she didn't do any any more filmmaking after that until just was last year she had a she made a feature film, film called d'une pierre de Coup, um, which is about uh it's kind of uh the, the and actually the daughter both ac- uh, the younger daughter or the actress who plays the daughter is in this film as well and it's almost like Maghrebi family you know 20 years later the children are grown up and the mother uh so the, the, the mother-daughter mother, and mother-children relationship is still very present, but um, within, the, within the short films, to come back to the objects, it just there was a unique way in a lot of these films to, uh, to look at communication, how the women uh, get across um, borders, boundaries, limits in their lives, and um, that was a, kind of a way of highlighting that. And maybe one final example is uh, there's a film called Le Poulot de Laine, The Ball of Yarn. And in this film, there uh, there's a woman who's a, little, a woman who's uh, locked in her apartment uh, with her child while her husband goes to work, and it's, it's how she uh, is able to communicate with a neighbor uh, in the same apartment building uh, using objects. And so they don't speak they speak the language, but they exchange photos with a basket tied to a string. Um, they they have. Exchange pastries and uh, and and the ball of yarn comes into play with uh, knitting children's clothes. But um, it's just a, it's a very unique film that addresses some of the challenges. Um, obviously, that's a literal sense being you know locked into apartment, but in the broader sense of um, the challenges some you know women of this generation faced when they you know didn't speak French, needed to go out and you know do shopping or other things, and um, how they were able to negotiate that.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a good chapter. I really like that approach, too. Um, the, the, the next chapter you look at, telefilms, um, which are mm-hmm. interesting because this is almost kind of the opposite in terms of an audience uh, to these short films mm-hmm. um, in terms that they're very public. Um, what, what would you say are some of the constraining characteristics and possible opportunities of, of telefilms? And what kinds of representations of Muslim women do we find? Uh, in these types of mm-hmm. productions.
1: Sure. So some of the opportunities and constraints, that the telefilm genre, I guess, is, is quite specific in that, um, it's in terms of, so constraints, time for one thing, because it's uh, telefilm in France, they are, it's usually a Wednesday night, at least on the public networks. Uh, they're, uh, around maybe eight o'clock at night. And, um, they have to be, they have to fit into the time slot. So they are 90 minutes. And so, uh, you know, that that's one thing. Uh, and thinking about also in terms of audience, um, you have you know, the, the short films, of course, you would, filmmakers would love for their films to be seen by a lot of people, but um, they're not constrained by, uh, you know, is someone going to turn the channel? Or are we going to you know, be able to keep the, uh, the viewer's attention. And so that's, that's another thing that's kind of, that is unique I suppose about when you're working with the telefilm. Um, making them is different. Also, the the sh- shooting time is much uh, shorter, um, and often films will uh, take some sort of inspiration. For, not always, but on current events and things like that. So there's an early telefilm from the uh, the early '90s that uh, that looks at the uh, you know parents uh, thinking about sending their daughter back to the home country, or um, you know there had been some. In just very few, but of course, getting you know press uh, you know stories about a woman being kidnapped by her brother or father and taken to Algeria to be married off because she was you know in, interested in dating a Frenchman something like that so um they they can kind of uh, you know use be inspired by uh, certain events or at least that that can be a reason you know that they're they they they're, you know, taken on, um, in terms of, uh, but of course opportunities. So those you know, are some constraints, but, uh, real opportunities in terms of reaching, uh, a public, you know, um, even the most successful films in uh, that I, t- I talk about in my, uh, in my study are nowhere you know, in terms of viewership are nowhere near what the telefilms are, um, you know, you can have millions of people see uh, see the film, and so their in potential impact in shaping perceptions about um, Muslim women, uh, the Maghreb population in this case, um, you know, there's a real you know pot- potential there. And um, and I think that I look at films from like 1993. And to the most recent uh, just a few years ago and uh, there's a real sh- there's a real change I would say um, there's a real shift the early ones kind of followed uh, you know the, they tend to pre- portray uh, women Muslim the, the mothers as holding their children back or as um, you know the, when they when the women speak out it's uh, in a way you know either to if they're not silent to, you know, condemn the daughter's behavior, something like that. Whereas the more, uh, more recent ones, notably, for example, the, there's a series called Aisha by Yamida Benghiki and, um, uh, and others, but, uh, that look at, uh, they give a very different portrayal of, um, of the Maghrebi mothers, as you know, seeking to do things for themselves in their own lives. There's a great the mother in that uh, series is a really interesting, um, interesting character. She uh, thinking about. I talk a lot about agency in this uh, in this particular chapter, how women are overcoming barriers or not, and in, in um, how their experiences are communicated. And um, this the the mother character is really. And Aisha is interesting for a number of reasons. One, I think, because um, it's unique in that there's humor. And, uh, and something that struck me in, in looking at, you know, these different kinds of films is that, especially like in the documentaries, and in speaking with filmmakers who were uh, filming their mothers, they talked about, and I saw in some documentaries, the, just the sense of humor of, of these women of some of you know of course without (laughs) painting with a broad brush but um and that that's the side of the women that a lot of people didn't see because uh oftentimes maybe they're speaking you know for example arabic together and so if you didn't speak arabic and you you know saw people on the street you maybe wouldn't you wouldn't understand the humor you wouldn't know what they're saying um and that the women oftentimes also uh would you know, have humor make jokes do things when they were among women that they wouldn't necessarily do when men were present so um, that was kind of something that I I thought was really interesting but that hadn't really been explored uh, in feature films or in in the telefilm uh, until you know Aisha is a good example um, so that that stood out for that reason that it kind of brought to light this aspect uh, and and I saw a connection uh, that wasn't evident from um, and uh, that's, of course, not all of the films, but um, for, the, for the telefilm. Um, another um, you know, film that's worth mentioning is Le Choix de Mariam, uh, which is by Malik Chidan. And this was a film, so Aisha focused on contemporary France, um, notably through the, the, the eyes of the daughter, uh, children, the daughter of immigrants, Aisha. Um, Le Choix de Mariam... Produced around the same time period, it's a two-part telefilm, and that looks at the, which is also unique, looking at the moment of arrival of this first-generation woman, Miriam, and her family um, in the in the '60s, and so uh, you know, taking uh, taking that perspective and highlighting that. So I think within the telefilm, there may be some. Uh, there's just a there's a broad range and I think it has that it, that it's constantly evolving as well. Um, and how it's, you know, shaping our understandings, but, um, that that is something I found really interesting and, and also that there are just more of them recently. So there was in this whole, you know, over 20 some period that I, 20 year period, I looked at, there were just a couple in the nineties and then it's becoming more and more, um, of interest, I think um, to audiences. And, and so we're, they're, we're finding, we're seeing more on, on television that way.
0: Now the uh, last chapter that you look at um, you examine feature films and um, there are uh, a few where Maghreb women are playing leading roles. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, what, what kind of uh, themes or uh, patterns do you see in kind of the representation of uh, their subjective experiences. Um, how do how do these fit with kind of the the broader narratives about Maghrebi women in French society? Uh, are they challenging dominant stereotypes in France, or how, how do you feel like these are viewed?
1: Sure. Um, so yes, in this um, this chapter, I looked at um, so you know how the my kind of key question was to so what extent do these films invite viewers to come to a better understanding of, of the, the women portrayed in the films. And as you mentioned, the, um, the, the really exciting things is that there are women in the lead roles in some of these films and are in key, uh, in, 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 key roles. Um, and I looked at, I, I noticed in looking at these together, and I think that's one of the things with the approach that I took with the book is that, I, I wanted to include, I couldn't, of course, talk about everything, but I saw, I watched at least, well, there are probably 70 films, um, if not more, but at least 70 that are mentioned in the book. And then I knew I couldn't go into depth about all of the films. And so, of course, uh, you know, within the project I make some, uh, some selections, but one of the things I wanted to do is to, to look at this broadly, to look at some trends and, uh, and just to kind of see, you know, how, how are different people approaching this? And um, something I noticed in the feature films is that when looking at women's voices, their experiences and subjectivity um, and how their voices are uh, being communicated, you know, the, some of these are done uh, in, through speech verbally um, and in, in, in different ways. So not just, you know, for example, the uh, film rechi des Crimes sous les pieds des femmes Where Women Tread. This uses, which is quite a unique technique, a lot of voiceover. So we really get into the head of the, into the mind of, of the protagonist who, um, this is uh, someone who she and her husband were involved in the Algerian struggle for independence and uh, they, They live in France and someone with whom that that they haven't seen for years who was active in the movement with them comes to their apartment and brings back a lot of memories, good and bad, mostly bad or difficult anyway. But um, in, in, in this approach, the, the director decided to have a voiceover commentary so that we'd hear the perspective of the first generation woman, which is something that's quite interesting is that the audience is uh, the audience hears her perspective because it's a, it's the voiceover. Um, but this is the thoughts and what is communicated uh, is not necessarily transmitted to her family. So uh, we have, we have access as, you know, as viewers to, uh, to her memories, the way she remembers things to, to her voice, to her perspective, to how she responds and what she thinks about this person who suddenly is back in their lives. Um, but it also addresses the fact that within the specific context that, uh, there, you know, memories uh, are not always transmitted to the children. And so the, the the daughter in the film has a certain interpretation of events and uh, we see there's a real miscommunication. And so that's something particular to the, uh, but not limited to the Algerian um, you know, struggle for independence and uh, something that the the, the, the director Rachid Krim wanted to wanted to tackle. She was the daughter of um, Algerian immigrants and who had been involved in the independence struggle, and um, so that that was one you know way into talk about um, the verbal communication uh, that technically that 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 was done um, and. Uh, and there's also on the other spectrum nonverbal communication looking at um you know body language um i mentioned earlier the film eachelle dimanche that uh, fasharia is the the lead actress in and um you know some of the the techniques that she doesn't say much in uh you know in the film but we are uh we share her emotions or we're, we're invited to share her emotions, uh, and her perspective through, for example, music, uh, that is uh, part of the soundtrack through p- particular camera shots, point of view shots. Uh, we see, for example, when she, uh, when she arrives in, um, into her apartment, looking around the apartment, what is she seeing where her husband had been living for several years until they were reunited. Um, so that there's a, there's a real range of, uh, Techniques uh, in these different films, and then some of the films draw on both, um, of course, you know, verbal and both verbal and non-verbal. And um, so, I guess within you know considering with, within the project uh, it, itself, um, I think another important thing to consider, and that I would know, try to bring across in this in the feature film chapter, is that um, there very there's a wide range of experiences and. Uh, you know, and and these films challenge, you know, the perceptions I kind of talked about at the beginning about this, you know, a silent generation, disempowered um, generation, uh, you know, how the the women's voices are communicated. And, and that there's, there's a very, there's a real diversity uh, in terms of, you know, the, the perspectives that are communicated, also how this is done. And even, you know, one of the the feature films is called 17 Rue Bleu, uh, 17 uh, Blue Avenue, so the address. And uh, something that was you know quite unique in this particular film is that the film actually calls, not calls into question, but um, the, the protagonist in this, in this film. You don't always know when she's telling the truth or what she's holding back. There's a, uh, so, so to think about that uh, as well and how that's communicated.
0: Well, overall, this is a really wonderful study. It's uh, an an enjoyable read, and it uh, makes my film viewing list very, very long, (laughs) which uh, I'm not as excited about. But uh, yeah, lots of wonderful stuff here. Um, Before I let you go, could you tell us a little bit about some of the things you have uh, lined up in terms of uh, things you're working on?
1: Sure, so one avenue I'm, i'm'm excited that there is so since the book has been published, there have been two uh, feature films uh, that have first generation women as the protagonist, um, two feature films that came out. Uh, one, as I mentioned, is D'une pierre de cou de Fagerie Daliba, really really uh, interesting film. Another is Fatima, which won a lot of awards in France. That's by Philippe Faucon, who's a couple of other films I uh, talk about in the book. And so looking at, next going to focus on those films and, you know, are they what, what do they have to add? You know, and how can I compare what, how do they compare to the films? Is this, does it fit, you know, well into kind of the framework that I establish or are they doing some new things? Um, so that's one. And just because it was, it's quite astonishing to see actually you know, two, two films and, and to see the publicity as well and the, uh, to have films recognized because there's some really, Some really great films. And so that's one kind of avenue. The other I've been working on, uh, really interested in uh, the careers and films of actors and actresses of North African and West African descent in France. And so I've I've worked a little bit on uh Leila Bekti, Rachida Bakni, uh in and also you know, an actor like Omar Sy, um and Hafsi Horsi is another one. uh, looking at these. Within the French film industry, what is the place uh, place made or being made for uh, actors and actresses of minority ethnic background? And you know, it's and also, you know, what kinds of films are being made? Are what kind of choices are they getting? Are the uh, the fact that there are more and more actors and actresses of or ethnic minority actors and actresses getting recognition in the film industry, uh, mainstream through you know, the equivalent of the Oscars, the César Awards and others, um, is that having an impact uh, to what extent on the on the French film industry. So I'm looking um, to kind of go down those two avenues. So a lot of and there are more and more films coming out all the time. So it's really exciting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for me to- uh, Never run that to out of stuff to. to work on. Exactly, just trying to keep up. <laughs>
0: Great. Well, uh, Leslie, thank you so much for writing this wonderful book, and thanks for making the time to talk about it.
1: Thanks. My pleasure. Thanks for the excellent questions.
0: That was my conversation with Leslie Kellefer Kemp about Muslim women in French cinema Voices of Maghrebi Migrants in France, published with Liverpool University Press in 2016. Thanks for listening to new books in Islamic studies. We'll catch you next time.